This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to another episode of the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. I am here, my name is Brandon, and I'm joined on the other line by Josh. Hello, Brandon. How are you? I kind of just run into that like cold and I never know exactly how it's going to come out. But there, I know, it was it's, very declarative. I am here. Because we always, we're always talking for a few minutes before the podcast and... You're very loose and normal, and then it starts up, and it's like this very stiff, (laughs) (laughs) formal introduction. (laughs) Anyway, I I do apologize to the listeners. I'm recovering from a a cold, so if I sound more nasally than I typically do, that's why. But we're from the Midwest; we're always pretty, pretty nasal. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be punching the cough button quite a bit during this (laughs) podcast. Uh, Hey, Josh, I wanted to uh, start things off reading an email that we received through alwayscheating.com. I don't know if you remember this from last episode, Mm -hmm. where you actually were telling us about this great product that we can buy. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, star midfielder of Leicester City, Uh is actually a legend for reading audiobooks. That is is true. Actually, that that is not true. Oh, well, see, because one of our listeners, actually, Luke, uh, wrote in because he has been out there looking for Riyad Mahrez's audiobooks. I believe uh, he had some books called Tall Story and another one called Remembrance of Things Past. <laughs> what is Tall, tall Story? Oh, <laughs> oh, to, oh Tall Story. <laughs> <laughs> so poor, poor Luke um, read your Midwestern accent uh, saying Tolstoy as Tall Story, which I do like that because I don't think – that Mares is a terribly tall person. I, I can I can kind of yeah my my word my word usage that's not even the right word my my something my syntax can be a little off sometimes. <laughs> so anyway, Luke, we're really sorry for leading you on a wild Google chase there for Mares's audiobooks. But um, when we're not talking about pure FPL stats, you can take what we say with a grain of salt. I think. Yeah. So just 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 kidding about that. But Luke's team named the Diving Bar Studs. He apparently just joined the joined the Hail Cheaters Mini League a uh, couple weeks ago. So I wanted to offer a big welcome to Luke. And speaking of 
Uh, let's check in with the Hail Cheaters Mini League. All right. Uh, so we're recording this. Uh, we're recording this a couple days earlier than usual because of the Thanksgiving holiday. So uh, we're not going to linger too long in the mini league because a lot of things are still up in the air um, at this time. Uh, it's uh, there's one match left to play still, um, and Crystal the Crystal Palace, Palace match tomorrow. Uh, we can say that Isle of Nabumbo, uh, Gear Meld's team, is up to uh, first place. Yeah, huge seventy nine points off of the two day weekend. So well done to Gear. Yeah, he's uh, 12 points ahead of Colin Bothwell, but uh, Colin Bothwell has three players in tomorrow's game, including two uh, Crystal Palace defenders, which I believe you do too, right? You have a Crystal Palace... uh, Yeah, I am starting Hennessy in goal, uh, and I do hope that Hennessy continues his run of starts. I know that Colin Bothwell has McCarthy, uh, Hennessy's counterpart, in his starting lineup. Right, and you and I have... uh, in our in our little our fifty buck cup our head to head matchup uh, I, I I'm in a long losing streak right now like longer than yeah like maybe six uh, we've on ever the had bounce. it's yeah if I think it's four on the bounce uh, or maybe more actually because I, I I was up four to three right so you're you were, you were up in that yeah so I think I got it's the five, hot hand. Five, yeah so five in a row for you uh, so I have uh, sixty five points all out. And uh, no one left to play. And uh, you have, I think you have 61. I have 61. With... So I need four points from Hennessy. All right. So you just need a clean sheet. A uh, clean sheet or uh, a shitload of saves. Yeah. Yeah. So the save, that seems a little high for a save count. But yeah, I, I think, yeah. you know, yeah. You, so you need the clean sheet. It's going to be. Uh, like if you look at a guy like Adrian today against Spurs, he got eight saves. But in the process, you're going to see a lot of goals get scored if you're being peppered that much. So he ended up with a total of two points. Right, right. Weird game, uh, but we'll yeah, I'll, I will be screwed if Hennessy doesn't start over McCarthy because I'll have Joe Hart coming in off my bench. Yeah, so I, in the last episode of the podcast, I, 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 I don't even know why I'm doing this because I'm really hurting myself. But I, I've been pleading with you to make these moves. I, I insisted <laughs> that you start that you start uh, Hennessy over uh, Joe Hart, which you did. Uh, but I also insisted that you play AU and bench Pele, and uh, you 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 took one of the two pieces of advice. <laughs> can you can you can you walk me through the the your your feelings uh, Saturday morning when when you watched the awful Southampton match and uh, and saw you had to know what was going on in that uh, in the um, yeah I actually Swansea I was I wasn't watching either of those matches. You actually. had to feel pretty good when Bournemouth went up two nothing, right? Like just a decision justified. Oh, absolutely. That felt really good. IU has just been a thorn in my side for this entire season. He's caused a bench dilemma for me. The one the one week where I did actually play IU, Mares was on my bench and he got the brace. So I really didn't feel bad about it. And mm-hmm. Uh, the the more the more logical option, if I'm looking for like for like in my midfield, is I probably would have benched Mares instead of Pele, and yeah. there was only a four point total difference between Mares and Ayu there. Yeah, I I, I suppose if if you weren't going to bench Pele, I, I just felt like that uh, um, that Bournemouth defense is so bad right now that I mean you ha- like I I think any team that plays like, if you have a player in a team that's playing them right now. That player has to be considered a captaincy option. I'm mean, assuming it's a you know a midfielder or a forward option. Um, you know, like like next week, um, Everton's playing Bournemouth, and uh, you know, it'd be very hard for me not to captain um, Lukaku in that match. Oh, absolutely. Uh, even 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 now that I have, um, you know, I mean, I have Aguero back now, and so it you know it's. 
that, that temptation to just captain Aguero all the time. I mean, they're home next week to Southampton, but I, I just don't know how you can pass up captaining somebody that is good as Lukaku against a team like Bournemouth. Yeah. I've got to be honest with you. My hope with that Southampton-Stoke game was less that I'd get a goal out of Pele, but more that I would just get a goal out of Southampton to rob you of the Butland clean sheet. <laughs> yeah, I know. How bad would I have felt if Butlin lost the clean sheet? And Schmeichel got one. And Schmeichel got one. After playing Schmeichel Storn for two weeks side. in a row, yeah. Oh, that would have really, that would have really, that would have stung. I mean, uh, I think I speak for the entire FPL game when uh, when I say Pele is out and I have already made my moves to get Pele out and Aguero in. And <laughs> we can talk about this a little bit more as the pod goes on. But, yeah, I, how could I be surprised that Pele didn't score here? He's been on such a cold streak. Classic, classic Graziano Pele. I knew the second I brought him in, you know, it was, I don't know. I'm 12, not sure. 12 that, I'm points not sure. out of uh, six I'll, games. No, 12 points out of four games. Yeah, I mean, all of the underlying stats, you know, this is, you know, going back from, to the last uh, international break, all, all the stats implied that he was, you know, he was. I mean, he was. He was in great form, and um, they had great fixtures coming up. And it just it was. How could you not, you know, bring him in? And uh, uh, yeah, it has not worked out at all. And I just, I had a feel. You know, I don't know. You know, it's you need some blend. It can't just. <laughs> I mean, maybe you just. I mean, some people can just play by stats, and that's just. But that doesn't even seem that fun to me, right? You need you need some blend. You have to. You got to trust your instincts a little bit. I mean, if all you're doing is just, it's not like you know, we're it's not like we're like playing, you know. In ten thousand dollar leagues or something, where right. making the right decision is more important than having fun. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, you, know, exactly. you still want to. <laughs> Thanks, coach. Yeah, well, I just mean that you still want to feel like the decisions that you're making are based on your your read of the situation or right. your, your feeling about what you've seen so far. I mean, if all you're doing is just crunching numbers and putting in the player who's the most logical choice every game week, then it's just that to me isn't very fun, especially over 38 weeks. Oh yeah. When you see a player that you put in because of stats, as opposed to your own intuition and that player does well, there's far less satisfying than when you, I mean, punt punt is putting it too strongly, but when you know, you acted on your gut and your eye test. Yeah. And you need a little blend, you know I mean? Like our, our friend Trevor tends to bring in people like Namana Majit, Namanja Madic. Nemanja, Matic. I could have just said Matic. Uh, he'll bring in Matic because he just feels like Matic is a, a good player and yeah. do or whatever. Sure. You know, it's it's uh, the great Schneiderlin syndrome. We need to have Trevor on soon, actually, because it, he is his way of looking at the game. You know, very good friend of ours has been playing in the league as long as all of us have. Yeah, he knows uh, as much leagues. about the Premier League as any of us do. He does, but his his approach to the fantasy game is, is so unique that it'd be worth uh, worth having him on to talk about. <laughs> nice words of <laughs> nice use of the word unique there. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to review game week thirteen, but quick, let's just talk about the elephant in the room, which is Sergio Aguero. He's back. He scored an absolutely magnificent goal against Liverpool in a losing effort. Well, why don't we just well, let's just jump right to that game? How about okay? Sure. So yeah. City versus Liverpool, one goal to four. Liverpool come out in absolutely scorching Gagan press style. It was incredible. I mean, Fernino and Coutinho looked incredible. I mean, they really should have had probably 
I mean, they scored three in the first half. They, I feel like they could have scored five. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, and that, and that, absolutely amazing. And the goal with the Emery Chan uh, back heel pass, it was reminiscent of that Arsenal goal that Jack Wilshere scored against Norwich last season. Yeah, as an Arsenal fan, it, it made me a little jealous to watch that Liverpool team <laughs> because how exciting must it be to 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 follow that team right now? You know, yeah. I mean, they have. It's like a, it feels like a team on the rise, you know. I know it's just one match, and they lost to Crystal Palace last week, but the, it's impossible to watch that game, you know, at the Emirates, yeah, or at the Etihad, excuse me, and not feel like like the a only, team that's going to champion that's going to possibly challenge for a Champions League spot this year. Yeah, and it will it will only get better as they go, but you, you see that it will need to because their fitness level doesn't seem to be quite at the level. In the second half, you saw Liverpool just fading; all their players were just look pretty shattered from how hard they were pressing the entire first half. Let me ask you this, Brandon. This is not quite a fantasy question, but if you had to, you know, 13 weeks into the season, if you had to guess who the four Champions League spots would go to at the end of the year, who, do, who would you pick? I would pick uh, City, United, Arsenal, and Spurs. Yeah, <laughs> that was what my thought was initially, too. Um, I think... Yeah, well, after the Spurs game that I that we just watched today is, is throwing me off a little bit. It'd be tempting to. I mean, it's, it's sad that we're not even considering Leicester here, uh, given that they are the actual first place team. Yeah, uh, I think I might go City, United, Arsenal, and Liverpool. I actually feel that strongly that Liverpool is just going to keep keep. I mean, I, I really have a lot of faith in, in Jurgen Klopp, and I you know I have going back to the Bundesliga days. And I mean, you just saw with. I mean, that was. I mean, we saw Firmino and uh, and Coutinho absolutely tear it up, and arguably their two best attackers weren't even on the pitch with them. And maybe you could argue that they played better because they weren't there. Right. But if you can find a way to combine <laughs> Coutinho, Firmino, Benteke, and Daniel Sturridge, you were looking at a really potent strike force. Yeah, Benteke was totally put on blast there when he came in late in the game and he had that breakaway when he was one on one with the keeper, but. He, he did he get the did he get the assist for that uh, Martin Skrtle goal? I can't remember. I, uh, I think he did kind of chest it down. He, he did get the assist. He did get the assist on that. Yeah, but he he was just so slow, and you do wonder how how frenetic it, it appears that Klopp wants that team to play. I don't see Benteke really fitting in there. He he's it's probably better say. suited for a Plan B option. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I doubt that he would he would want to stay if that if that's. You, I guess you just never know. I mean, over the course of a season, yeah, it does seem like Sturridge has more gears. You know, Sturridge can play as a as a forward. He can play. Um, I mean, he really is a natural forward, Sturridge. Um, but I, I think that he probably can. Um, I mean, he certainly got the legs right yeah. to, to to play that the Gengen press style. Well, you had some very good fortune in this game, Josh, with Martin Skirtle, who, my God, for the last month he's been one of the best defenders, bar none, in the league, I think. Yeah, I think my fortune, it kind of evened out at the end of the day because I got totally fucked on that De La Feo assist that, that <laughs> didn't get counted somehow. I mean, a, a, he had a shot on goal that was so good that all, all um, what's his name, uh, could do. The, uh, Aston Villa, all the all that Brad Guzan, the worst keeper in the league, could do was was like knock out this fizzling shot that would have that would have sure. gone in. Sure, like uh, like the cat that he is batting at a piece of string. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, and then it was an easy tap in on the rebound off the shot, which even the even the fantasy Premier League website said 
that uh, it was a tap in after a save by Guzan after after Guzan parried away a shot. Yeah. Then uh, let's see. What do they actually say on the on the homepage? They, yeah, it was something like uh, it was so, determined so, that it was a pass to Kone, right? So here on the homepage of the FPL game, they say no assist was given to De La Feo for Everton's first goal, as Opta determined he was trying to pass to Kone rather than shoot. Assists are not given for significantly significantly deflected passes. Just seemed like an incredible judgment call to me, right? I mean, if the shot is on goal, whether it was intended to be a, you know, as the men in Blazers say, a shass, uh-huh. you know, it would still look like a shot to me. I don't know. What did you think? I don't Did you see the replay? Uh, yeah, right? yeah. And De La Feu in that position is going to shoot. And yeah, it was a shot. It was it was annoying because I, I you know I burned four points this week I had to replace uh, Bone which is for the, really for the best long term um, and I had to get rid of Payet and so I brought in um, Delafeu and and Aguero and uh, you know I, I mean obviously you know I, I so I, I really went back and forth on Delafeu I actually didn't really think about Barclay I, I thought I thought Delafeu was the better option given his form and you know it's an, it's unfortunate that Barclay played so well but I don't feel too bad about that because I really wasn't yeah because I see De La Feo being more a more consistent player I I am kind of shocked at the size of the De La Feo bandwagon he just looks great I mean he he looked like the best player in the pitch in that Everton game he, yeah. I mean no attacking points but you know he had a, he had a pass to Kone that inspired actually probably Kusan's best save of the game um, and just looked really dangerous throughout so. You know, I don't feel too bad about that one because the fixtures are so good coming up. And yeah, I just so if you think look at the Everton fixtures through the end of the year, they're away to Bournemouth, home to Crystal Palace, away to Norwich, home to Leicester, away to Newcastle, home to Stoke. That's, <laughs> That's really money in the bank, right? There. It really is. I mean, Everton could could really be in fourth place at the end of that run, or, or certainly in one of the one of the Europa League spots. So De La Feo and Barkley aside, Lukaku has to be a must own striker, right? I think so, uh, given his price. I mean, it, you just can't. It's, it's it's the best value in the league right now, given how well he's performing and how good their fixtures are. Uh, I think that if anybody had Pele and doesn't still doesn't have Lukaku, I think that's a really easy move. I would even argue that I would move to I, if I didn't have Lukaku, I would move to bring in Lukaku before I move to bring in Sergio Aguero. Yeah, just and also it. it and it doesn't require as much surgery. You know, I mean, you can probably make that a straight swap without. Without you know making burning eight points to bring in Aguero or something. I mean, you know, Man City's fixtures aren't that good coming up. They have uh, uh, you know Southampton at home, Stoke away, Swansea. I mean, the Swansea at home fixtures are a pretty good one, but yeah. then they're away to Arsenal. So it's not the big city fixtures on Boxing Day, home to Sunderland. That's a triple yeah. captain Aguero day. Yeah, it really is, and in a way to Lester too. Um, I, I would argue that triple captaining anybody around the Christmas fixtures is a little bit dangerous. Oh yeah, the rotation risk is really insane. Yeah, I mean, I I know that um, I've said before that I I feel like I'm not going to use any of my chips for like the first 38 weeks or whatever, but uh, but I think you know that then in particular it's really um, it'd be really dangerous to use it for a single game week. Right, right. So so just to finish off the Man City Liverpool fixture here, Liverpool looked incredible. And their fixture run now is Swansea, Newcastle, West Brom, Watford, Leicester, Sunderland. That's incredible. My yeah. main concern having um, Nathaniel Klein in my defense is he's now on the suspension tightrope with four yellow cards. Yeah, but you can't get rid of him now. No, I can't. And even if he does get a yellow next week, I'll just have to ride it out and bench him. But my, yeah, my defense— Swansea- 
Swansea, Newcastle, West Brom, Watford, Sunderland, Leicester. I mean, their, their fixtures are really good the next six weeks. Yeah, and if Klein doesn't end up with at least an assist or a goal out of that run, I'll be shocked. Yeah, I, I agree. really will. He's he is due for some attacking points. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean that that the Skirtle goal was fantastic. Really, really. Uh, yeah. So I the only reason to get into it because I started complaining about Delafeo. And but, the only reason those points come into play for you is Skirtle was on your bench, but George R. Russell Martin did not play. Uh, yeah, who it you was, had started in your squad. It was great luck. So just to, we'll get to a Twitter question quickly, which is from Colin Bothwell. Uh, who says, uh, was it luck or skill for Josh Lennon to get the Skirtle auto-subbed off the bench? And uh, obviously that is pure skill. Uh, I knew that George R. R. Martin wasn't going to play, and I wanted to fool everybody with well, my you, skill. You, you know that George R. Russell Martin is uh, he- is in heavy work work mode to finish <laughs> the next book of the Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, so there's no I, way I enjoyed he was that. getting into that Kate, game. Kate saw that tweet. My wife saw that tweet, and she really enjoyed it, too. She was <laughs> laughing about it. Uh, let, me, let me actually take this question, Colin. Uh, it was pure luck. Pure <laughs> luck. Uh, you know what? I was overdue some luck. I really, I've had, I I've, had a, I've had a very unlucky season. I agree. It's it's good to see Josh with the smile on his face. We will, <laughs> we let's say with that with that amount of luck, we will officially retire the hashtag Save Josh. Yeah, I agree. Getting getting a nine pointer off the bench for a, uh, I mean, I I think it was the right decision to. I mean, I don't even in hindsight. I mean, you know, I I guess what you if, if he hadn't scored the goal, it would have been a neutral decision. Um, but I mean, it's you never really want to. It's it's not like he's a he's a, um, you know, it's not like he's a a, a fullback or something where he can get assists. I mean, Martin Scroll, he's, he's either going to score a goal like that or he's going to get two points. Yeah. Um, so I, I you know George R. R. Russell <laughs> George R. R. Martin uh, seemed like the better choice. I mean, now it's like, is he still going to play? I mean, that, it was strange that he didn't play. The uh, FBL site is now saying he is doubtful for personal reasons, so I'm not sure. I haven't oh. actually done any Googling, but maybe there was a death in the family or maybe it was his birthday. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so well, if you're listening, George R. R. Martin, happy birthday. <laughs> that man loves or his condolences. birthday. condolences. Always takes it off. <laughs> so um, as I said, I immediately got Aguero in when I saw Pele was suspended for his fifth mm-hmm. yellow card. Yep. Because um, Pele is, uh, to use a term we coined last week, dog shit, and let's get him out. Aguero yep. is a must-own at win fit. I'm, I'm bringing Pele out, too, and I think Jamie Vardy is finally coming in. Nice. It's about time. Can you time. believe it? It's about time. Yeah. So how, how does that feel to bring him in after uh, 10 consecutive goal weeks? It doesn't feel great. <laughs> I, w- I won't lie to you. It does not feel good. I. It doesn't feel fun. <laughs> it's, but I think it's sort of like a, a piece of fashion that you don't. It's not particularly to your taste, but it's gotten to the point where all of society is is wearing that thing. Exactly. It's like it's like cargo pants on khakis. <laughs> yes, circa, exactly. Circa two thousand. <laughs> it just it had to happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, and then I, I'm actually going to probably burn four points again this week because uh, I'm going to take out uh, one, a Leicester defender and uh, and bring in. I think so. I think Wes Morgan's going to go, and I've got enough money that I could turn Wes Morgan into some, some defender. So I sound like six million dollar defender, probably an Arsenal defender. So my thought, my thinking right now is to wait until. After Arsenal's Champions League game on Tuesday, see who plays, make sure no one gets injured, and then probably bring in an Arsenal defender, uh, and then and then Vardy too. So, 
yeah, kind of given kind of given my the game away here a little bit. But I guess you just you know you admitted you brought in Aguero. So who else did you bring in? Two players because you didn't I use did. your transfer, right? I I did not use my transfer in game week thirteen, so I had two free this weekend to spend for game week fourteen. So De Bruyne was the guy on the chopping block. Yeah, that he makes sense. just wasn't performing. He looks a little lost out there without any other creative midfielders. Can I guess who you brought in? I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I guess Deli Ali. I did bring in Deli yeah. Ali, <laughs> and uh, he, you know, I can't even be, be mad that Ali picked up that fifth yellow, a stupid, oh, no, stupid right. yellow. So he's immediately banned, but it does save me a benching headache. That's true. That's true. Uh, and at 5.0, fair enough. Yeah. I completely missed the, the four yellow cards for Ali. I actually tweeted this out on our Twitter feed. Uh, I totally missed the... Um, uh, that he was on four for some reason. I, I feel like I knew all the other key players that were on four, but uh, I missed it with him. So Yeah, he's slowly been creeping up the pitch. Like I feel like when he started playing in that Spurs lineup, he was playing more a Francis Coughlin sort of role, and yeah. that's a role where part of the job is to pick up yellow cards. You see that with a lot of young players, though, too. I, I feel like back when Raheem Sterling was coming up and you know when he was playing for Liverpool at 18, 19, I feel like he was, he was racking a lot of those up, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we saw that with Callum Chambers last year, too. I remember he picked up five in the first, like, ten weeks or so. And the England uh, the England international match where Ali was basically man of the match, all those goal chances came from him doing well with well-timed slide tackles in the middle of the park. <laughs> so if, if part of your game is well-timed slide tackles, I see a lot of yellow cards there. Um, so this actually ties in, just to, as we're wrapping this this uh, fixture up, uh, Al Magico asked, uh, do you think managers who sell KDB to fund Aguero will regret it in the coming weeks? So, Brennan, that's a question right after your own, own heart. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. You could regret it. I mean, there are a lot of things that I have already regretted. And um, I, the only other options, there, the problem is there are so many good players to pick mm-hmm. up in FPL right now, no matter who I sell, I was going to regret it. I mean, Andre Ayew has, has been getting stay of ex- execution after stay of execution. Yeah. Um, it's, it, a, it's a weird season because everyone is performing well always. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like there's no one has an off week. I mean, even like, like hurricanes, two goals today. It was like, I, I couldn't be mad about it. Cause it's like, well, this is like how it is this year. Everyone scores every week. It's yeah. like, there's, you know, it's, it's absolutely wild how consistent, all of the key fantasy assets I've been like across the board, yeah. you know, I mean, it yeah. didn't really matter who he captain this week. Like very, you know, I guess if you captain Sanchez, you might've felt a little screwed. Um, I, I suppose if you captain Vardy over, over Lukaku, you, you lost yourself five points, which isn't yeah. that much really. Yeah. Um, but still you know, doesn't feel good. Yeah. I mean, Mares, you would have had nine points. There was really, you know, it, you weren't too screwed. Anyway, you know, even if Ozil got you eight points. Yeah. But here's the logic with De Bruyne. He, He's obviously a fantastic player, and he'll come good later this season. But he has not looked good in that City lineup for the last few weeks. And if you're bringing Aguero, that's City cover. So yeah. if you need the money, I would take De Bruyne over Sanchez in a heartbeat because you've, you're getting that cover, City cover with Aguero. And we've got a question here from uh, Sushant20, uh, just to get the Man City questions out of the way. Uh with so many striker options, isn't it a bit knee-jerk to consider bringing Aguero in when he's not even fit to play the full 90? That's crazy. Uh, this is crazy to me. 
I mean, I well, I, I did say that I think that if you didn't have Lukaku already, which I think most people listening to the podcast probably do have Lukaku, but if you don't have Lukaku already, I would I would move for him first, and then I would move for Aguero second. Yeah. But Aguero looked fine. He really did. I mean, that he, shot was sublime. It was, it was a great shot. Uh, he wasn't maybe quite as involved in the action as he could be. It didn't seem like he was. Well, I'll tell and I'll tell you why because City just were total shit in the middle of the park. Yaya Torre was having yeah. a picnic there in the center circle. It was very surprising. To, I feel like Yaya Torre has been subbed off a couple times this year. Um, at halftime, and I mean, I, I it's shocking I can't they tell. still give that guy the captain's armband. Uh, he he just, just hurts the way that he drips team in and out. I know his work rate can be so so poor sometimes. Yeah, I, I I I am heartened by that performance by Aguero because even though he wasn't involved, he was running through the channels. He was trying to get behind the defense. He, yeah, he looked fit and ready to go in my estimation. I, my hope is that he doesn't play in the midweek Champions League fixture, which I I don't think he will yeah. because Man City have already. They've already gone on to the next round. I think it's a way. I think it's in Turin um, when they play Juve. So just leave him at home. Yeah, put him in one of those hyperbaric chambers. Yeah, they can probably lose. I think they can lose that game and still and and still get first place in their in the um, in the in their table at the Champions League table in their group uh, if they win their home their final home fixture. So there's really no reason to to play him. Um, and they said all along that he wasn't going to play the full ninety, anyways. Uh, I actually thought there was a chance they might, they like he might end up playing the full ninety because uh, <laughs> their defenders were having, like, they were just they were having so a real hard. nightmare. And that yeah. they into the second half, coming into the second half, City looked like they could get into it, but as soon as Aguero yeah. came off, that City team lost all of its impetus. Man, Gala, it's such a howler of a game, just terrible. <laughs> that entire defense, it's Sanya. Uh, Dimitrios, they all look terrible. It was just, it was fun to see that Liverpool. It's fun to see a team like that in the league. Yeah, yeah. It was just like they like punched him in the mouth on the road. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, like it was, it was really thrilling. I mean, he, he, not even, you know, I mean, I, I did have a couple players in the game, but just, just as a fan of the sport, it was just really fun to see. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so during all these early morning fixtures, I actually decided to uh, watch the Newcastle Leicester match. Mm-hmm. With the uh, the assumption that all I would have to do is wait like a good thirty minutes, and I'd see Jamie Fart- Vardy get his record tying goal, uh-huh. um, and I kept looking at Twitter, and everyone was talking about how amazing the Chelsea Norwich game was going on. Uh huh. So see, the moment over? the moment I switched over, I see all these tweets like Vardy. So uh. I missed his goal, which was kind of a bummer. I took a little break from Twitter around that time. <laughs> I just didn't know which game to surf to. There was so so much going on. Uh, yeah. But we, we basically touched on everything there is to say about the Everton-Villa 4 nothing loss. Villa, yeah. like, get out while you still can. These guys are uh, yeah. just terrible. I thought, I thought Barkley looked good. He was a little lucky, maybe, to get... Uh, to score both those, so the first goal was was just a great like he just he was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Uh, the the assist was excellent. That was just beautiful build up on that um, on the second Lukaku goal. Uh, and it really all started with Delafeo and um, the great feed to um, to Barkley and then Barkley perfect pass to Lukaku. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there could have been more goals in that game. They look they look great. Uh, yeah. They really did look good. Uh, the one question was uh, the Everton defense. I mean, given their fixture run, I think in the last couple of weeks we here on the Always Cheating Pod have been slightly dubious of the Everton defense. Yeah. And we have to take into consideration they're playing the twentieth place team in Villa. Yeah, well, that that is true. Uh, that is true. But uh, still, a Villa team that 
that had very few players uh, that went off for international duty and uh, held Man City to do a little draw a couple weeks ago. So, um, you know, you thought you, they might have... You, that was actually in the nil-nil draw. Almost, it almost got in my head a little bit, and I thought, well, maybe this is like a new Villa. They're going to tighten up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I actually had thought about Captain Imares. Um I, I thought you were going to say you thought about captaining Micah Richards. Oh yeah, I just thought Richards, just go for it, you know, just all the way with Richards. Uh, so yeah, so Cheeky only punt. Only three points out of Delafeu. Uh, don't feel too bad about it because it does seem like he's a great long-term option, and it was really cheap. Um, I had Kabai, uh, or Kabai was the player I was looking at. I ultimately couldn't. I, I just I couldn't justify bringing in Kabai because I have a lot of, as as everyone who's listened to the podcast know, my my team is a complete disaster. You know, just awful. <laughs> so much work to be done. And if Kabai picked up a yellow in either of the next two matches, suddenly I can't. I just you know. I mean, I don't know. It just you know, it, it didn't work out this week. And hopefully, long term, even if Kabai. Picks up like twelve points in, in tomorrow's fixture. It'll it'll even out in the end. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the last I'll, thing, I'll the last thing you this. needed was a huge risk at this point. Exactly. It just it didn't see it didn't seem worth it. You know, and Delafeo is owned by like one percent of the league, so it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like I I brought in Jamie Vardy or you know yeah. someone who has you know seventy percent ownership uh, in the top ten k. So um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the, I think that's all we have to say about the. So Everton. Did, did you watch any of this West Brom Arsenal game? I just I did I watched the last twenty minutes or so uh, just because same I guess I turned in right around the time of the Cazorla penalty kick yeah uh, which was right around the, like the seventy fifth minute maybe what what terrific like sports drama with, um, with I felt uh, so bad for him Craig Gardner getting in his ear and being a total asshole and he he I, did I the John that. Terry Champions League final slip yeah I, I don't think it was Gardner I mean I think I think he just slipped on the grass. Uh, I mean, Cazorla is pretty tough. I, I mean, not like physically tough, but yeah. he seems like he's he's like you know, he's he's played in World Cups. He's you know, he's I was I was around. I was looking at Cazorla um, and his stats and his ownership, and he's actually selected by six point six percent of FPL teams, but he's priced at eight point one. Which, judging by seasons past performance, Cazorla has been a pretty good FPL asset. But I, I I have no idea how anyone can justify owning him this season. He's just he's playing deeper, and with that missed penalty kick, it's uh, he's just got red flags all over him. Yeah, I I'm I'm actually really I, I guess his ownership level being that high just points to how popular Arsenal are as a club, right? Because there's no reason to have Cazorla. Uh, when yeah. you could have Ozil for the exact same price. Yeah. And Ozil just keeps assisting that seven games in a row for an Ozil yeah. assist and three bonus a, points in a losing effort. That was a big one for you, too. I, I, yeah, and that really worked out well because uh, for you. Yeah. Uh, because that was, um, if that goal had gone in, then Ozil probably gets bumped down to one bonus point. Uh, and I, th- I think I looked at Alexis Sanchez's BPS, and I think he would have probably been on two bonus points if that went through. So he would have had eight points and um, I'm sure Cazorla would have picked up uh, all three. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, kind of a, kind of a big swing there. Uh, uh, yeah. I looked, I don't but know. But then why. at least Sanchez gets three points for an assist, which, which bolsters both of our teams. It doesn't help me in our head to head. So uh, we got another question from Colin Bothwell on Twitter and he asked, uh, are, are, Katie, are KDB and Sanchez good values with um, good value with others performing? Um, and I bring this up because I'm looking at Arsenal's fixtures over the next six weeks. And the thing is, they're they're not good value. Um, you know, they're 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 really expensive, <laughs> and uh, they're 
they're not differentials, uh, but they're, they're it's risky not to own them. Or certainly Sanchez, probably Sanchez more than KDB at this point, considering KDB is so so off the boil. I mean, I really he did almost nothing in that uh, in that Man City Liverpool game. I guess he, a little, he, was, he was chasing the game the entire time. Yeah, it made, the second half he looked a little better, uh, but you know I think he had a bit of a scoring chance maybe like midway through the second half. But um, but Alexis, I I don't know. I mean, their next. Three fixtures are away to Norwich, who have not have actually kept one clean sheet uh, two weeks ago. I guess that's that could be why George R. R. Martin didn't play too. I mean, I guess they did less personal reasons, but you know he he was suspended for a week and they kept their first clean sheet of the season. So they might have <laughs> they might have been you know they might have wanted to keep that keep that formation. He's the captain though, so you'd think he'd he'd be back eventually. Yeah. Uh, but away to Norwich, uh, who certainly don't don't keep clean sheets typically, uh, haven't twelve out of thirteen weeks. Uh, home to Sunderland, uh, which is a, a game where you really have to think about capturing in Sanchez. Would you not? Even with so many other like options, I think Sanchez at home to Sunderland. And is that's a that's great really the key to the question is is when Alexis Sanchez shows up, he shows up. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, to be here again with Sanchez because yeah, we, we were, we, we're playing him out of fear at this point. Yeah, I mean, this happened to a lot of us last year where, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, but you know, from game week 20 to 33 or something like that, he basically did nothing. Yes, you and know, going it, back to what we were saying about Cazorla, Cazorla was the one that was sucking up all those points uh, yeah. that Sanchez was leaving on the field at the end of the season. And Cazorla still might. I mean, you, you never, I mean, these things, it's it's a fluid game. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it not, my friend? It is very uh, fluid. Like, <laughs> so I... I certainly I think that Sanchez is is, is still a a borderline must own player given their next few fixtures. I mean, I, so the next three for sure. If if he's still not performing, you know, I mean, you want you want to keep him for at home to Sunderland, I would think. And if he, if if nothing is happening still, then I think that four weeks from now when they're away to Man City, that would be the time to move Sanchez. Yeah. All right. So I mean, what do you think? I mean, because I, I you could make an argument to you could downgrade Sanchez to Ozil if that 2.5 million or whatever was enough to to turn one of your forwards into Aguero. Yeah, and really I would, want, I you would, know, that yeah, that would be worth it I, I think. would support that logic too cuz going yeah. to my logic in dropping De Bruyne for Aguero and now I have my city cover regardless. But I think in most cases the the scenario is more like you need 5 million and so you're you're dropping you're turning Sanchez into Someone like a Del remarkably Feo, different, you know? a remarkably different player. Yeah, a player who doesn't offer the same explosiveness that that Sanchez does. Yeah, yeah, and everyone's been asking about the double up with Alexis Sanchez and Ozil, um, which I'm doing, and it doesn't it doesn't feel awkward to me at all because there are players that offer something completely different in that team. Yep, Ozil being the service provider and Sanchez just being a, a total weapon. Yeah, uh, and there are other players that you double up on where they're contributing the same thing to the team. Yep, I I agree. All right, so there's one more fixture uh, that we want to just talk about real quick: Spurs versus West Ham. And everyone was predicting that Harry Kane was back on form, and everyone who captained him this weekend it paid off. He got his two goals. He should have had three. Did you yeah, see the uh, I d- I the did. breakaway that he completely flubbed? Yeah, How I was humiliating. Yeah, it, that was it was a weird. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it just. I mean, to be to his to be fair to him a little bit, I, it looks like he he got, he got caught under his feet a little bit, and then 
I mean, you could almost thought about it too much. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say you could you could see his you could almost see his brain working. You know, he went, he, 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 of, he was channeling Tim Gomes at that point. I think he kind of was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was very much like Gomes uh, versus Arsenal a few weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, he ended up getting he got a little lucky with the second goal. It kind of, um, I mean, that, yeah, it snuck under Adrian a little easily, but he he yeah. hit it sweetly. I made a joke about this on Twitter, but it had to be Winston Reed's. I mean, I, I am a big Winston Reed supporter. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, He's a great player. Great player. And there are times when Winston Reed is, is you know, with 22 men in the pitch, he is the best player. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't get a lot of credits. And he's a little bit like Ashley Williams, you know. He, although I think Williams does get a little more credit than, than Reed does. Uh, but, yeah, sometimes he's, he's so good abs- looking. Because he's so good looking. And he's, uh, he's, he's a Welshman. Yeah. Uh, so, he's I, the you Welsh know, but James I think. Bond. But I think sometimes uh, Reed really is the the best player out there, and he can keep West Ham in games. And uh, even if they don't, I mean, West Ham do, don't keep a lot of clean sheets to begin with. But he he's often involved in, in staunching the the flow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And much like the City defense against Liverpool, everybody made a mistake, and every West Ham defender in this game against Spurs made a mistake. They looked yeah awful. So um, look, uh, Kane looks great. Uh, if you, I mean, you know, okay, so let's look at Spurs fixtures. Uh, they're pretty, they're, so the next. It's a mixed bag. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. I yeah. think more uh, favorable than not. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd say that Chelsea at home is not a fixture I'd be, well, I mean, I, even given, it seems like Chelsea is a little ascended now. So so we'll, we'll see. I mean, uh, that reminds you of uh, Harry Kane at home against Chelsea last season. I know, I know, but uh, you, they should be they should be a little more ready for him this season, I would think. Yeah, uh, and it's good to see that Chelsea defense with uh, with with John Terry back. I mean, John Terry is a loathsome human being, but uh, you know he's a badass defender, and uh, it seems like he's back to back to form a little bit. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crickets. Uh, it's just like crickets <laughs> chirping. I know it's always weird when I when I give some praise to John Terry. It was a little a little bit of a backhanded compliment there, but uh, I yeah, then, I just uh, can't think about John Terry without um, thinking about the feeling I would have running into him in a bar and how <laughs> how I'd have those, these feelings of sort of terror, um, disgust, and also wanting to get a selfie with him. <laughs> right, it would be. I, I think a lot of people have that experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the Chelsea fixture is not. Great, despite what what Kane did last year, it's just not right. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea. Yeah, I, I I can't imagine Chelsea's going to go to that game and, and plan to play an, an open an open style. You know, I wouldn't. I I think the game's closer to like one one than than three three. Yeah, it's a little bit like speaking of riddles. Speaking about Chelsea right now, it's like yeah, if it's the true. team that shows right. up B, then <laughs> you'll know they'll be a Kane hat trick for thee. <laughs> Uh, and then they're uh, they're away to West Brom, which is always a tough fixture, um, as we saw with Arsenal this week. Uh, home to Newcastle, obviously a great fixture. Uh, away to Southampton, another tough fixture. Uh, I think that Southampton loss was just kind of a fluky one. I, 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 I'm not going to read too much into that. They're, yeah, they're not enough of a powerhouse team. that This has been Southampton for the last three seasons, right? Yeah. They're a great team that uh, their program is building stronger and stronger. They finish higher and higher, but they will always lose a, a, yeah. a, a handful of fluke games. Yeah, exactly. And they had, they had a number of players away uh, on the international break, uh, including, you know, Mane, who uh, was only able to get about 20 minutes of, of game time and, and Pele didn't look fantastic either. So how are you uh, feeling about having Mane in your midfield right now, by the way? 
Well, I'm a little annoyed because the reason why I hesitated to bring him in a couple weeks ago is I, I was worried about about whether he would get the full 90 after the international break. The fact that he did four weeks ago made me feel a little better about it. Um, but in hindsight, I, I, yeah, I, well, obviously I regret it. I mean, right, I've gotten three points out of him in the last two yeah. game weeks. Yeah. Uh, I suppose I, you know, I was I had been debating between Mane and um, and De Bruyne, so yeah. in in the end it worked out well because that extra money was enough for me to 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 bring in Aguero, which I, I do feel good about certainly. Um, yeah, there were a lot of bad decisions yeah. you could have made. Yeah, and exactly. that was the so, one you made. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I would have brought in Delafeo a week earlier, uh, and I'm not sure who I would have brought in. And so, I mean, I might have even brought in De Bruyne. I'll this be week, curious so, to see yeah. how it shakes out because the giant Delafeo bandwagon to me feels similar to the massive Mane bandwagon that was. But if, it, but if you see Delafeo play, I mean, that guy. He has the ball as about as much as anybody in that Everton team. Yeah. He may have the ball more than anybody on that team. I, we should try to find some some possessions to that. Okay, so like in an upcoming podcast, let's do that, Brandon. Let's try to find uh, possession statistics for each team and just try to see who's in the ball the most. That'd gotcha. be an interesting, okay, interesting uh, number to, to pull for every team. Uh, so yeah, anything else you want to say about Spurs West Ham? Well, I guess Kane is another monkey in the works for our forward lineup. So we're talking about the must-have Lukaku, and we're considering Lukaku and Aguero sort of at at the same level right now. And then Jamie Vardy, who you're bringing in, has to be considered by everyone. And now there's Harry Kane. So we we basically have four must-have strikers right now in Kane, Lukaku, Vardy, and Aguero. Where Where does Kane fit in? I mean, I think you you really could argue that he's that it makes more sense to have Kane than than Aguero right now, right? Um, right. Given I mean, if you're just looking at the data, and given given that Kane, he seems to be kind of a streaky scorer, yeah, uh, and he looked he looks good. I mean, he's you know that that whole team looks good right now. Yeah, uh, Kane did look just like he did last season at his best today against yeah. West Ham. Super, yeah, lethal. And uh, Ali looked great. It's too bad that he's out for next week. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, it was one of the better games from Erickson that I've seen for a while. Agreed. Um, so I was really hoping for a third goal at the end uh, from Erickson because his ownership level is so low. And I knew that would bump Kane down yeah. uh, from three bonus points to two. But, you know, you can't have everything. Uh, yeah, so I think- Kyle Walker really fucked everyone who was looking for a Spurs clean sheet there. Yeah, uh, Joe Joe uh, Gunnister on uh, Twitter just to tie in with this question of ownership uh, asked: uh, Get rid of Mares and Vardy long term, or just too good of value? And uh, just because you brought up Vardy a moment ago, sure. I think I think those players are too good of value. I, I I don't know. You just can't get rid of either of them right now. I don't know why. It just. I mean, you may have a week where one of two of them doesn't perform like we did with Mares last week, but at their price, it's really those are irresistible prices, and they haven't. I mean, they haven't risen the fire that even even though I'm finally bringing in Vardy, as late as about anybody who's still playing the game is right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're taking the game seriously and you don't have Vardy right now, you're an even bigger idiot than than I am. You're a real uh, dummy, or you're equally as idiotic as I am. Let's <laughs> say that much. Uh, so I think uh, I I think you have to keep them. Uh, I mean, let's let's look at um, let's look at Leicester's fixtures real quick. Let me just pull these up for. I mean, okay, so the fixtures are actually pr- about as poor as they've been for Leicester. Yep. Uh, all season, uh, home to Man U, uh, which you could still see some goals for Leicester. Uh, way to Swansea, can also see some goals there, and then they really have their first tough run of the season. I would say. Yeah. Home to Chelsea. 
away to Everton, away to Liverpool, home to Man City. Yeah. Now it's you, you don't want to take anything away from Vardy's achievement, but if you do look at the fixtures that they had in the last ten games, um, it, it, it was very forgiving. I mean, save Arsenal, where Vardy actually scored two goals in a losing effort. Right. Uh, Norwich, Southampton, Crystal Palace, West Brom, Watford, Newcastle, Stoke, Villa, Bournemouth. Yep. So they're due. They yeah they are due and. Uh, so I, I, I mean, how many? I, I, you know, I could see them dropping in in that in that in that run of four games uh, that that starts. I mean, even the Man United game, you could see them losing, right? Um, Absolutely, sure. Yeah, so it, it's a tough run. I, I think they're always going to score goals, just given their style of play. Yeah. So I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense to drop their defenders, all of them. If oh you yeah, can. Robert Huth. If is, you even yeah, if you uh, even have them, <laughs> I uh, have not been able to get rid of Robert Huth, and now he's on four yellows, and his value has dropped to four point three. Yep. My defense is really a, a cluster right now. Yeah, I yeah, my mine is the same way. <laughs> Speaking of judging teams, uh, let's get to our rate my team. We're actually right, bringing the rate it. my team back. This episode of Always Cheating. And up next, we have uh, listener Tom Hall. His team name is Released on Bail. And you can find him in the Hail Cheaters League in position 118. So he's actually doing, I think, by four spots better than the BK Broilers, my team. Mm-hmm. So uh, good and on you. If you beat, if you beat yeah. my squad, you're, you're surely doing well. He is on, uh, yeah, he's, so he's ranked in the top 400K overall. Not too bad, 376. Uh, and uh, he's look, looks like he has 69 points uh, all out for this game week. So definitely uh, a green era week, I would yeah, think. Great um, week, I don't think any, great anything week. tomorrow is going to change that. Yeah, uh, his, already above average. His team value is also staggering. He's got a value of 104.5 million, and in the bank, it's uh, 1.2 million. All right, so let's let's start up the Poku scale here. And just as a reminder, Poku is the our, our beloved, uh, what is he? Is he like an attacking midfielder? He seems like he plays a little bit in the middle. He's somewhere between an attacking midfielder and a striker on NYCFC. And yeah, uh, he he is by all, far the, he, he the, plays all positions, Josh. Yeah, yeah, he does. He plays uh, fullback. He plays defensive mid, attacking mid, goalkeeper. Even <laughs> he's everywhere. Yeah, the great Ghanaian, Quadro <laughs> Poku. Uh, one Poku being the worst. Uh, Ten Poku being the be- the best. Okay, so he has uh, his keepers are Peter Cech and uh, McCarthy. McCarthy, obviously, we think he's he's done now. He hasn't played the last seven weeks for Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the most curious thing about Crystal Palace is where Julian Speroni figures into all of it, and I think the rumors are is that he's looking for a loan deal that'll happen in the January tra- transfer window. Yeah, I know he had a testimonial match in the summer, Speroni. So I, I don't really know why he's still there. It's like it's like that Stevens last night in town song from <laughs> Benfold's Fives, <laughs> whatever and ever, Amen. You know they they threw the party for him and he's he's still there. He's still there. He's still there with his impeccably groomed uh, beard, <laughs> chin strap beard. Yes. Well, yeah, you he's, got, he's you, a he's a brick, and there he's he's pulling them under. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. Um, I wish I could. I wish I could just throw some other Ben Folds references out there, but no, no. This whole thing is turning into a battle of who could care less. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. All right, right. So Peter Check, you can't argue with that. Arsenal, um, their defense is among the the best in the league right now. Uh, but we'll get to this when we when we do the Poku scale on Tom's defensive lineup. He's also doubling up here with Bellerin. I think that Peter Check is. 
you know, about as about as sturdy of a goalkeeper as you could have. Certainly, he's kind of in that Joe Hart category where, if you don't mind putting some more money into a goalkeeper, then Peter Chuck's probably the one you'd pick, right? I mean, I, I know that you have Hart, so I, I don't know if you feel. A I agree. I agree. I would actually rather have. Uh, I mean, on evidence by that Liverpool game, I would much rather have an Arsenal defender than a City defender right now. Yeah, so I think that you can feel pretty confident in Czech, certainly with, uh, with the run of fixtures coming up. It's always nice to have a rotation option. Yeah, uh, so McCarthy just, is an issue. Yeah, so McCarthy is a bit of an issue. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week in the podcast, but I think that this is definitely the, now that you can't, now that you don't have that automatic January wild card to set, set your team up, I think that making a goalkeeper transfer is, is a more acceptable uh, you know, option to take, assuming that you're not going to use your other wild card until, yeah. you know, week 30x, you know, and sort of set yourself up for a double game week. Yep. So I, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, it'd be worth bringing in. I mean, you could, you could even make a straight McCarthy to Hennessy swap. I think that would make sense. Yeah, and he'd make he'd make point one. But I mean, I don't think money is an issue for Tom right now. So I would say Tom's, Tom's loaded. <laughs> I'm going to give this a seven out of ten. Million of the bank. Just just for sheer lack of rotation, I'm going to give it seven out of ten pokus in the goalkeeper area here. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, I I guess I'd agree. Maybe seven, maybe eight even because I check is such a set it and forget it goalkeeper. Yeah. All right, defense. He has Bakare Sanya, Seamus Coleman, Bellerin, uh, Danny Simpson, um, who had actually a great game over the weekend. Yeah, I love I love having you know Sim. Even though we were just talking about getting rid of luster defenders, and I, I guess. I guess given what's what's coming for Lester, yeah. uh, you you couldn't you couldn't ever keep bringing in them in. But Simpson has been great value. I mean, he's a four point four million defender who has started. Uh, let's see, he started the last six game weeks. Uh, I'm sure he's locked in now. Hit another good another good game with an assist um, against Newcastle on the road, no less. Uh, his old team, in fact. Yeah. yeah. I in fact I had Danny Simpson on my team, my very first Premier League team. Yeah, it was him and Steven Taylor who were the uh, cheapo, mm-hmm. uh, occasional clean sheet guys for Newcastle uh, that everybody had. Ryan Taylor too, if you recall. Oh yeah, Ryan Taylor. Am I? Mm-hmm. Confu- I'm confusing Steve. No, there, there, there are two. There are two Taylors. Too many Taylors. That's another great Mares audiobook. Actually, you should <laughs> you should look that one up, Luke. Uh, he uh, also has Ben Davies from Spurs, uh, the former Swansea defender here on yeah. his bench. So that's a guy who was phased out of the Spurs lineup when Danny back. Rose came back. Yeah, I like I like Coleman because I think Coleman is a given how good the fixers are, and given that he's a, he's a bit of a differential because he's, he's slightly. You know what? I just realized I could actually afford Coleman. That yeah. seems like that seems like the most logical move for me, doesn't it? Absolutely. To, how, to get, rid of, get rid of Morgan and Vardy and bring in Seamus Coleman and or to, to get rid of Morgan and Pele and bring in Seamus Coleman and uh, Jamie Vardy. It's a bit of a no-brainer. I mean, his attacking potential is is Bain, Leighton Baines-esque. You know what, Brandon? I'm going to do that as we're talking. You, all right, do that. This, do, this oh. is a, I am making two transfers in real time. Wow. This is, I've never this done this. great. Live this on the is, pod. This is a podcast first. <laughs> I'm a little scared about, about, about price changes, so I'm going I'm to do this before I lose my nerve. You just, you just keep talking. I'm going to vamp while you transfer. <laughs> All right, so I'd say this is a really terrific defensive lineup. There's lots of great rotation, uh, save Ben Davies here. If you're going to transfer anybody out, it's going to be Ben. Um, but you're starting three here for Game Week 13 with Sonia Coleman-Bellerin. Seemed pretty good. I mean, not knowing that Liverpool was going to completely roast the back line at City. Yep. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna go eight out of ten Poku here. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm with you there. Uh, I hit like the wrong button, so the the, the, the my awesome real time transfer won't happen until later. But okay. it'll it'll happen. Did I mean, given given that we just talked about the Lester fixtures, should I be a little worried about bringing in Vardy? I mean, I don't I don't necessarily want to talk myself out of it. The problem is if I bring in this Coleman, if I do this Coleman move, I mean the other the other option would be a Gallo, which I guess is possibly a better option. I got to tell you, my assumption when I saw that Pele was on suspension and he was definitely beginning go out of everybody's team. My assumption was you were going to find a way to get Kane in for Pella. Yeah, I think I I don't quite have the money to pull that pull that move off. I I need to find I need to find more more uh, money in my defense than I really than I could find. Well, this is a good chance to throw out our Twitter handle at Hail Cheaters. If somebody wants to suggest a move that Josh could make up front in <laughs> lieu of Jamie Vardy, hit us okay, up so- at Hail Cheaters. So the Agallo has three great fixtures, and then they get quite a bit worse. So if I brought in Agallo, I'd have Aston Villa away, Norwich at home, Sunderland away. If I brought in Vardy, I have the most consistent striker in the league, but a lot of terrible fixtures coming up. Yeah. So it's, a tough, it's kind of a tough call. I don't like Agallo, no. I, I, would not, I would not submit to that. I think ultimately Vardy is just so cheap that I think you really have to you have to bring him in. Do it. His value there, is going to keep going up. Yeah, I, I agree. So um, yeah, all right. I think I'm going to make those moves, but I'll I'll, I'll, wait, I'll wait till we're off pod. Okay. Well, keep this not, podcast under two hours if we can today. Yeah. So let's not give Tom Tom Hall the short shrift here. Um, yeah. Move, I, I move. think uh, I actually think I, I would give I would rate a little lower on the defense because I think there's always a little bit of a. Although Bakary Sanya has actually played 12 of the last 13 weeks, I think that there is a, l- a little bit of a concern that he's going to start rotating more with Zabaleta, who's back in training again. Yeah. So I'd be a little nervous because you have Danny Simpson with some bad fixtures coming up, uh, Ben Davies, who's not starting anymore, and Bakary Sanya, who is a rotation risk. So I think Coleman, I think, is a great option, and Bellerin is obviously great, although I'd be a little concerned about Bellerin, too, uh, just because he is... You know, I think we could see some rotation there, certainly around Christmas time. Yeah, and he's kind of um, on an, I'm playing yeah. on an injury right now. So you might want someone who's a little more, a little more stable. You certainly have that with Coleman. Yeah, so I'll go. I'll go like six point five out of ten. Okay, definitely a lot of money invested back there in the defense that that could possibly yeah. be spread around. All right, in the midfield, uh, Andre Ayew, Kevin De Bruyne, Alexis Sanchez, Raid Mares, and Philippe Coutinho. Left on the bench here in game week thirteen. Yeah, he has a tough. He left. Let's see. Yeah, yeah he has Danny Simpson and Coutinho. He left twenty three points on the bench. But what, what are you going to do? Yeah, you can't beat yourself up over that. That's just yeah. bad luck. Yeah, who would you have started over Coutinho here? I guess he has Pele as his forward, maybe. But why would you not start Pele over Coutinho away to Man City? Yeah, and here it is again, Sanchez and De Bruyne just taking up a very expensive real estate in everybody's midfield and not not contributing at all. Yeah. You know, you know uh, Coutinho has double-figure uh, points in the last three game weeks now? It's, Four, it's really 14, incredible. 14, 10, and 13. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think... Um, a bit of a, a bit of, you know, a lot of these midfields right now, it's kind of hard not to have a bit of a template midfield. Yeah. Um, Sanchez, Mares, although Coutinho is a bit different, still a bit of a differential. Uh, his ownership is, uh, well, he's up to 20% now, so it's actually, it's a little higher than I realized. Um, yeah. A bit of a hamstring issue now. 
Yeah, less less a differential, but he was he was grinning ear to ear on the bench at the end of that Man City game. So you would expect that that's not that big of an injury problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Au, you know, looks good again. Au really has had a very consistent season. I mean, he's had six, six goals and two assists on the season. Yeah, he's had just wild swings and points where he'll get nothing and then he'll get a brace or a goal and an assist. Oh. But still, three three goals in the last six games. Yeah, uh, one assist. Uh, let's see, seven bonus points. So, yeah, pretty pretty consistent for for a player who's really not too expensive. I mean, seven point one million, very affordable. Yeah, and he's still getting transfers in. Looks like he's got uh, close to fifteen thousand transfers coming in in the last week. Yeah, unfortunately, their fixtures are not awesome. They're away to Liverpool and away to Man City in their next three. So kind of a kind of a tough one, but then yeah. they have a, it gets a little softer after that. Uh, so I think this I'll give this like a eight point five out of ten, maybe even a nine because Coutinho is uh, is performing so well and the Liverpool fixtures are so good over the next few weeks. Yep, I will go eight eight out of ten. Poku, um, I would uh, like me. I was looking at De Bruyne to get out because he's forcing you to leave Coutinho on the bench. Right. And he's also preventing you from doing something up front. So let's yep. talk about his uh, striker lineup right now. Uh, Graziano Pelle, Jamie Vardy, and Romelu Lukaku. So this to, this seems like a very easy series of moves that could take place here. I think uh, you, assuming that he wants to bring in Aguero, which isn't essential. I mean, you could you could move from Aguero or you could move from Pelle to to Kane and probably get the same value over the next several weeks, at least until Boxing Day. Yeah, and with Tom's bank, he, that's an easy uh, one-transfer swap for him. No I surgery think, required. Yeah, move, so moving De Bruyne into a an inexpensive fifth midfielder and then turning Pele into, you know, burning four points, possibly. Uh, it's probably the way to go. Let's see. So, you know, actually, so I think, so Pele is $8.4 million. Uh, he has 1.2 million on the bench. I believe Harry Kane is 9.5 million. So you could actually bring in Kane without burning any points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd have him during, uh, an okay run of fixtures, uh, you know, as we said, kind of a mixed bag, but, uh, that's probably what I would do if yeah. I had this team. Yeah. I, I, mean, I can, I can see some city games coming up where Aguero could take a backseat to De Bruyne if he, if he starts clicking with that midfield again. Yeah. I mean, God, when is David Silva coming back? You could you could even argue for for not making a transfer right now and just leaving Pelly on the bench for one week and going with the five man midfield. Yeah, it's, they're all. Although you don't you don't really want to play AU away to Liverpool, I don't think. So yeah. anyway, some you know. So let's, let's. I mean, the Vardy and Lukaku are. There's almost no. There's no need to have any discussion there because those players are are. Yeah, I, not as good as you can get right now at the forward position. I kind of have to grade this as an incomplete Poku, not knowing what he's going to do with Graciano Pele. All right, so we'll go. We'll go incomplete. If he makes the move for Kane or Aguero, then it's probably close to like a ten out of ten. Yeah, agreed. So well done to released on bail Tom Hall's team. Uh, yep. Looks pretty good. Um, looks be- better than my team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here's to you moving onward and upward in the Hail Cheaters Mini League, the Mini League which you can join at our Twitter page. Uh, at Hell Cheaters or go to alwayscheating.com and hit our league tab. And yeah, there's, also a, there's also a comment form that are, there on our site where you can send us a note to ask us to rate your team. Yeah, we're getting back on the one, one team a week rotation. We're just going to do one a week and just, yeah. you know, yeah, so space it out. And there is, there is a queue, so don't uh, submit your team this week and expect to hear it next week. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, Brandon, let's do our week uh, 14 preview. Yeah, step into the optimizer. It's game week 14. <laughs> I'm still trying to brand that thing. Patent pending FPL optimizer. So I, I'm excited. I can't tell to if you s- like the optimizer or not. Oh, I, I do like the optimizer. I love the way it sounds. It sounds like someone out of American Gladiators. Yes, that sounds great. <laughs> All right, take uh, us through the fixtures here, Josh. All right, so I'm, I'm immediately excited to see as an American that there is no 7.30 a.m. fixture on Saturday. All right, have a good lion. Uh, although, actually, I think I'll be up because my brother is flying home early that morning. So I, it's one of the rare times I would actually be up around 7 a.m. regardless. Oh, yeah, and your brother is a lovely guy, but there's nothing worse than uh, not getting your family member out the door on time and fearing they'll miss their flight and you'll have to deal with them for another day. Uh, he's, he hasn't even flown in, and I'm already stressed out about it. <laughs> uh, so we'll go right to uh, the, the 10 o'clock fixtures. Uh, first matchup is Aston Villa, Watford, and Micah Richards is going to make his way back into my team for this one. Well done, Micah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually looked okay in that in that uh, in that Everton game. He he actually had a couple of pretty good clearances. I felt like he was the best defender uh, in a game where I, I actually I don't feel like I felt like the real problem for Aston Villa was that they lacked an attacking they lacked attacking prowess. It wasn't that they looked defensively shambolic. I mean the West Ham to, the West Ham game today was a was an example of a defense that looked fucking terrible. Or even <laughs> yeah. Man, even even Man City. But I don't know how much of that Everton game you watched. I, I didn't feel I like I didn't watch very much of it. Yeah, I didn't any. feel like Aston Villa's defense was um, was put to put, put to shame. Really, I just right. thought it was a great offensive performance. Right. So, uh, so I actually think. Um, I think Aston Villa is going to get a much-needed win in this game. They're really overdue for a win. Uh, they sure are. I'd, I'd love it for them. I mean, it, it doesn't seem that you can argue they won't get relegated this season, but you don't want to see them just be utterly humiliated because yeah, it's such it's, a great club. Exactly. It's, it's not looking – it's, you know, saying things like overdue, it always sounds like it's not rooted in anything, but – yeah. You see this a lot where a team just wills itself to to win because you know they just they need a victory so badly. So I really think they're gonna they're gonna put their best foot forward, and I think this is a one nil win. Yeah, I hope so. Watford was really really fortunate to even get a goal against United. That penalty call was so soft. Yeah, that was oh, so I was so happy. You know, I, Chris, I was Chris happy too. One of the most known players in yeah. the league. I was thinking of burning four points to get Chris Smalling in. So I was, oh I was really really pleased that I was uh, vindicated there. Yeah, and uh, there, there's a great site, by the way, not to get too uh, off track here, but I don't know if you've used this site before. Sorry, it's called uh, it's called FPL Discovery. Oh, never uh, heard of it. Yeah. FPLDiscovery.com? Yeah, fplediscovery.wordpress.com, and it's it's pretty simple. It's a lot of uh, Excel charts and things like that, and you can you can see the intermediate results. Um, you can see uh, who the most selected players were. He does uh, the top 10k, and then a random sample of teams overall. The top 10k of managers in the FPL. That's right, and okay. then and then a random sample of 20,000 other managers out of the three point whatever million. Sounds cool. It is cool, and so you can see uh, how many how many points were scored from those players, uh, who the players they picked the most were, et cetera, et cetera. It's very, it's really worth check, taking a look at. And so I immediately noticed that in the top 10k and overall, uh, Chris Smalling and um, and uh, your defender uh, Nathaniel Klein are uh, right up there at the top. Interesting. Yeah, Nathaniel Klein obviously a little bit higher in the overall. Uh, more than more in the top ten k than you know more 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 people in the overall uh, on him than. Uh, in top of the yeah, yeah, you'd have to be. I mean, I feel crazy for stuck stuck with him for so yeah, long. Yeah, so many Liverpool fans out there, and I think that's part of why Smalling's ownership is so high. But he also is the one player who's actually consistently starting on that Man U yeah. team. So, uh, well, so yeah, so check that site out. It's a lot of fun. 
Cool. All right, next fixture is Bournemouth-Everton, and here is our first captaincy option with Lukaku going against one of the most diminished yeah. defenses in the league. If Everton scored less than three goals in this game, I'd be shocked. Yeah. And it's just a question of it's the Lukaku who shows up to score goals or if it's the Lukaku to make Aruna Kone score goals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's really not much. To, the Bournemouth team, I, I feel bad for them. I loved, we, we saw their, you know, we saw John Mostyn, their owner. Yeah. Uh, he seems like a nice guy, uh, but it's not, uh, Bournemouth is a, a certainty, a dead cert to be relegated as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So Godspeed and good luck to yeah. them in the championship let's, next season. Yeah. yeah. So let's say three uh, nil Everton. That's, that's my prediction for this yeah. one. Yeah. So Tom, your Seamus Coleman pick looks great here. Uh, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle has been, they, they're, you know, they're out of the relegation spots now. Uh, they've looked a little bit better. Obviously, uh, did nothing happened uh, against Leicester. Yeah, uh, they they looked like a total mess going forward. They they didn't look as inept as a number of teams did this season, but there's 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 no cohesion. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more. And here, here I'm going to have to question whether I start Joe Hart, Joe Hart or Hen- Wayne Hennessy again. And the temptation will be to put Hennessy in goal for yeah. Crystal Palace clean sheet. It may depend on what you see from Crystal Palace tomorrow. That is absolutely correct. Uh, so that actually go- brings us right to Man City Southampton. This could be a great uh, always cheating sponsored by Purell hand sanitizer, Pure Watch. <laughs> I I totally agree. Uh, Southampton has shown an ability. They do not seem afraid to play these top teams. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens without Pele. I I wonder if Mane might play up front. I know that Shane Long is finally back. So I, I guess Shane Long will probably start uh, up front. Yeah, I would be very optimistic if I was a Southampton fan. It'd be nice a nice change of pace to see a speedy guy like Shane Long stretch the defense a little bit more, yeah. focus less on hold-up play and more on running the channels. Sometimes that helps. We saw it, we saw it with my beloved Michigan State Spartans yesterday. Oh, bless. L- bless. Lost, what's that? Bless the Spartans. Bless the Spartans. Spartans lost, will. Yeah, lost their top player, and somehow they, they, they beat one of the best teams in the country. Uh, so do you think South, Southampton stands a chance then? What are we uh, predicting? I don't think they stand a chance, but I do think that this game could be competitive. Yeah. Uh, I think that they could score a goal and certainly plenty to start Monty in this game, but I think they will probably lose 2-1 or 3-1. Yeah, yeah. I would I would go 3-1 on this. And, of course, Aguero, we have to address that. We're probably going to shy away from armbanding Aguero in a game like this. I, I Just when there are so many... Well, I, I just if you have Lukaku, he's such a tempting option. I I, I think it'd be hard to to put Captain Aguero here. Yeah. I, it's an interesting spot actually, and I I don't think I'll be doing this, even though it's kind of tempting to do it. But because people are still bringing him back in, he actually is sort of a differential captain choice, which is a rare thing for Sergio Aguero to be. Uh, but I still think that I, I like that Southampton defense a lot, and I just I can't see them putting in one of those. As good as Man City can be, uh, I just can't see them putting in, letting letting you know four goals passed or anything like that. It just doesn't. Yeah, seem like it's it's, it's be, just a question it. of how many penalties Jose Font is ready to give. <laughs> hey, he never gets called for penalties. <laughs> that's, that's true. He should get called for a lot more though. All right, next up, Sunderland versus Stoke. Mm-hmm. God, just what a dreadful game this would be. I can't. Stoke keep getting it done. It, it's they do, it's and really, I'm rooting for them. I think yeah. It's 
kind of sneakily on they're on 19 points they're right right in the middle of the table three clean uh, sheets in a row winning winning tough they yeah it's it's actually a fun team to root for it's a rare thing for Stoke yeah uh, just given what we you know given how how long it's taken for me to shake the 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 my my Pulis related thoughts about this team yeah I really don't know what to think about Sunderland right now. I'm anticipating a mild Sunderland resurgence at some point. Yep, I I think it's inevitable, right? And they have, they have a lot of attackers. They have a um, lot. They have a lot of a lot of gifted uh, veteran attackers like Jermaine Defoe. Yep, I, but, but it could be too soon this week for that to all coalesce. Stoke will be heavily favored, I think. Yep, I certainly would uh, would expect Stoke to win this game. Uh, I think it'll be another tight one, though. Um, I think maybe two 0 Stoke seems yep. about right. I, I think another clean sheet could be on the cards. I'm certainly going to start Jack Butland. Yeah. All right, uh, Leicester Man U. Maybe maybe this is this is the twelve for us in the in the U.S. This is the twelve thirty game. Right. Very excited about this game. Uh, it should be a great game, and I hope mm-hmm. that Leicester is able to continue their high flying scoring form. It's very hard to predict this one. I, I you could. I mean, what's what's really cool actually is this is an, this is one versus two. Uh, yeah, I mean, this who, is the battle have, for the top of the table. Who and, would have thought? Yeah, and who would have thought the expectation here is that United is going to be on their heels the entire game? Yeah. Because if we know anything about United this season, is they have uh, jack shit going forward. I mean, so, and and Vardy will be going. He tied the record, right? So now he's going to break. He will the be record. going for the record outright. That is currently. He's currently tied with Ruud van Nistelrooy, who was a United player when he set that record. So they're going to be doing everything they can to get him a goal in this game, I would think. Yes. Yeah. Um, So once again, I'm talking myself back into this Vardy thing. I I just don't know that I could find a better option than than, than Jamie Vardy. It's also also a story you want to get behind. Yeah, exactly. Back, Lester. Come on, Lester. Let's let's get in. Win the league. All right. You know what? I think I'm talking myself back into this, Brandon. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it right now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do it. Hit the button. I have just done it. I now have Jamie Vardy on my team. Woo! Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the fold. Welcome oh, to the God. fold. Oh, it feels good. You know, it feels like I, I really, it had to happen, didn't it? I think I just saw Jamie Vardy's ownership jump up from 53% to 53.1%. <laughs> so you're, uh, you're part of a very exclusive group right now. It, I'm a, I'm, I feel I'm almost bashful that it's taken this long, yeah. but you know, here we are. So hopefully this is a bit of a slugfest and we get some goals in this game, maybe a 2-2 draw. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I actually think Leicester will win. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it'd be. I think two one Leicester. That's my. I, I could see Man U scoring an early goal and then Leicester picking up two in the second half and kind yeah. of vintage Leicester style and right, win right. this one. But no clean sheets on either side. I wouldn't think so. All right. Uh, next up on Sunday we have Spurs versus Chelsea. Yeah, the first Sunday kickoff. Very interesting match. Uh, really a test for Spurs, right? And Spurs are unbeaten in, is it, I think, 13 weeks now? Not since the, they haven't lost since, since the, the game, game week, week one. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, you would expect them to show up to play. I mean, I, I think Deli Ali being out, Ryan Mason is can easily slot into that role. That's he looked terrific good. in the second half of that he match. Did. He, he should have had himself scored. a couple goals. Yeah. yeah. So I would not be concerned at all about that. I mean, I, I can't even believe we're talking about being concerned about Deli Ali being missing. Yeah, and I had so to, I Spurs just, will I, be fine. 
All these people bringing in Hazard. I just I had to laugh. I was so, I was so delighted that he had scored nothing in the last two games. I know he's played better, yeah. but it just it makes me so happy not to have him score. Yeah. It just uh, fills, me, fills me with glee. Musa Dembele continues to look awesome on Spurs. I was I was sad for for him or any of his the his minuscule ownership that he didn't get any attacking points. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Uh, I thought he looked really good. Uh, the, really, uh, just a number of players look look very good on that team. Yeah, I mean, uh, what a what a great goal from uh, Alder World as well. Oh <laughs> great, yeah, great yeah. headed goal. Of yeah, lost lost Winston Reed so easily, and just a free free goal that he took so well. Yep. Uh, all right, so uh, maybe it's a tough one to call. I, I think this could be a draw. I could see it like a two-two draw, maybe. Yeah, again, the riddle of Chelsea and and how do you ask and how do you answer here? But yeah, it does it, seem like a game where Chelsea just shows up to spoil the party. It's it certainly is possible, but I I don't know who from a fantasy perspective which Chelsea players you want right now. I mean, I know that Diego Costa did score, but he has to miss some opportunities in that game, and you know, I don't know, just hard to hard to tell. Yeah, and there's not a clean sheet for Chelsea in it, so if you are uh, and Azpilicueta, oh even yeah, start? I know. We, he didn't start. You know, we were talking about him in the last podcast. Yeah, and we, but he was the only one you should invest in. So apologies to anyone who bought, bought Dave on our on our uh, recommendation. It's very surprising that he didn't start. He had started every match yeah. uh, through the. I mean, maybe he was just due for a rest. I mean, that's certainly possible. Yeah, and he probably. I think he did. He did travel with the Spanish team, so maybe it was just uh, he had to rest eventually. And home to Norwich is probably the best time to do it. Could be. All right, so no Chelsea investment here, but Spurs, you should still be feeling good despite them going up against last year's winners. Uh, West Ham, West Brom, I was, I was glad to see Lanz- is the next fixture. I was glad to see Lanzini pick up a goal. I guess so. Um, I mean, I, he was largely invisible the entire game, and it looked like they were trying to slot him into that Pyatt role, I and he I was, was overwhelmed. I was just glad that he scored because I feel bad for West Ham losing Pyatt. And so it feels like that will give them – it was a nice moment for them. It was, it was also very delightful as a fantasy player because I don't have any uh, any Spurs defenders and yeah. a lot of people do. So it was yeah. really um, – I had to laugh when, uh, when he scored that goal. <laughs> I felt the exact same way. <laughs> it was a really well-taken goal. It, uh, it was a well-taken goal. And just for, you know, for, for despondent West Ham fans – the attack actually looked pretty good. Uh, they had a couple chances. Sako, I thought, looked really good in the match. He was really active, and it's exciting to see Alex Song finally back, and he will definitely be a much-needed creative force in that midfield without Payet. I think so, too. I think the, the defense has to tighten up, though. I don't know. I would I would expect something to happen this week. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Winston Reed didn't play next week. Right, or Carl uh, Jenkinson it just hard, looks like a complete mannequin out there. Yeah, so I think, um, but I, I do think West Ham will win this game. I think they'll win some, like maybe like two one. Yeah, West, West Brom. West Brom at home is a good fixture for West Ham um, because West Brom doesn't offer a whole lot going forward. Yep. Uh, okay, so now on to more interesting fixtures: <laughs> uh, Liverpool, Swansea. Uh, I think we'll both be starting our Liverpool players in this game. Uh, will you be starting Andre Ayew? Do you think? I guess you're going to have to. I will have to because my Deli Ali transfers sort of fizzled immediately. Uh, is there but, anything less fun than having a a pretty good attacking player going up against like you, so you have like you, you've got your like one of your better defender options this week? Yeah, you know it's, it's, it's one I thing actually, if it's like it actually you know, makes me feel good because I will presumably win either way. Either I get a clean sheet from Nathaniel Klein. Or, I mean, it's guaranteed if Swansea score a goal, IU will be involved. 
Mm, that's true. That's so I true. go into it with that sort of optimistic viewpoint. Okay, that's true. And I, I, the IU Shelby link up play is, is actually look pretty good. So uh, I could I could see a Swansea goal in this game. Yeah, but save I, I, Gary. Yeah, yeah, save Gary Monk. <laughs> save his and job. Yeah, and uh, Martin Squirtles looked excellent uh, the last several weeks, and so um, I expect uh, several more goals from him in this game. Uh, five or six, maybe, maybe ten. I mean, that's kind of an understatement. <laughs> I mean, that guy, uh, that guy has got it. He is, looks the best central defender in the league right now. It'll be really interesting to, just to see what happens Liverpool over the next several weeks. I mean, Benteke can't come off the bench every week, right? And I know that I know Sturridge, I think Sturridge would have started had he not been uh, a bit of a doubt, but you know, I mean, I don't know. Just Klopp I don't is savvy like, enough to know. I think what, there will be fixtures where Benteke will benefit that team, and others like this Man City game where he won't. I think he'll yeah. get his due. I don't, but Firmino has to be a, a sure starter for the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. He's a little expensive. You know, it's hard to. It's he's not. He's not a great fantasy option because I, I think he's over eight million still. He's kind of a. You know, it was priced a little high coming into the league this year. I know they, they paid a lot of money for him, but it seems like he was a little overpriced. Yeah, and it's taken him too long to come into that team to warrant yeah, that price. Coutinho yeah. is by far the better option. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, so uh, yeah, but that seems like a sure Liverpool win, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, easily. Um, God, I, I hate to predict this one given my defensive situation and my IU situation, but. I'll go three nil in favor of Liverpool. Yeah, I think that that sounds about right. I'll, I'll say three one, uh, just because I could see uh, Swansea has a tendency to 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 get a counter attacking goal. Come on, Jefferson Montero. <laughs> that brings us to the final fixture of the game week: Norwich host Arsenal. Seems like a, a bounce back game for Arsenal. If they, there ever was one, for sure. Yeah, they will be coming off a Champions League game, and uh, could be a very big Champions League game one way or the other. So if they if they win that game. If Arsenal lose a Champions League game on Tuesday, they are they are officially out of the Champions League, yeah. and and then actually they they may not even make the Europa League, depending on everything else works Please out. God, if you're an Arsenal fan, yeah, seriously. Uh, but if they win the the midweek game and they're still in for the Champions League, and I think all they'd have to do is beat Olympiacos, assuming that that Bayern Munich kills them, which I expect them to do. Uh, I think that I think if they, sorry, I don't I don't mean to go down this road. Basically, <laughs> Arsenal could be. Uh, feeling very good about themselves going into this fixture, and yeah. they're going to want to get rid of get the the taste of that West Brom game out of their mouth. Absolutely, and the league is surely so much more important to Wenger at this point. Yeah, a tough fixture, and I, I think Sandy Cazorla. I could see, I, just doesn't this feel like a game where you could just see Cazorla getting like twelve points or something, just to like. Just to make up for what he did, let he's the kind of guy who it feels like he really he, he I felt really bad for him because he just seems like such a good dude. And, yeah, yeah. I'm predicting a brace for Giroud in this game. Okay, bra- I'm gonna I'm gonna predict uh, an assist and like two bonus points for Cazorla in this game. All right, all right. And and, uh, and, and a Dea Mercy Mobakani goal and a three-one Arsenal win. Well, like a diving header Mobakani. Just no, it's actually going to be a, a scorpion kick. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> <laughs> he is yeah. such an ambitious player, Mobikani. Yes, uh, he should try more conventional shots sometimes too. He should he'd score more more goals if he did. Yeah, prob- I'm guessing. Prob- probably. I mean, it, as difficult as it would be to score more than Mobikani already does, and that's true. What a player! Great player. Well, there's your optimizer for game week 14. We do wish all of our cheaters out there the best of luck and uh, good luck to you, Josh, as we go into the our. Um, deciding Crystal Palace Sunderland game tomorrow. I'm I'm hoping for a clean sheet. 
Yeah, thanks. You, me, and Jamie Vardy. <laughs> I'm excited. It is awesome. fun to have on my team. It's it's a relief. Yeah, I've been avoiding Lester matches for like six weeks because I just I couldn't I couldn't deal with. I would have brought him in. You know, it was a structural problem. You know, I had the I had these two defenders that I I just couldn't get rid of. Yeah, yeah. I should yeah. have just burned. I I should have just burned like eight points several weeks ago and just brought. You know, that would have been the way to. Yeah, do Yeah, that was what I had to do with Mark Albrighton some time ago. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, uh, hail cheaters. Yeah, Poku forever. And please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud or Stitcher Radio. And do leave us a review if you could. That would be great. Yeah, that would be great. And we're also we're ha- at Hail Cheaters on Twitter. Yeah, constant uh, dialogue happening there. Send us your questions or your comments. And we'd love to hear from you. All right, Brandon. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Josh. Bye-bye. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.